Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out our podcast. Steve is a financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation, serving you here in the Kansas City uh, from his office in Overland Park. Make sure you check us out online at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. And uh, while you're there, you should be able to see a link. Check out the team and tools and tips and resources. And you should also see a place for podcasts. We'll have that up soon. And you'll be able to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, various different podcast outlets, whichever your podcasting platform of choice is. And of course, anytime you have a question or concern before you ever take action, you should always check with a qualified professional. You can always give Steve a call at 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207. Steve's been doing this for more than 20 years, and I'm glad to be here with you, Steve. Welcome in. How are you? Thank you, Mark. I'm doing well. Thanks. Fantastic. Good to have you in on the program. Looking forward to talking with you. Glad to be doing a podcast with you. We're going to do these a couple of times a month here and there and hopefully share some good information, useful nuggets that people might find informative and help them along their retirement journeys. And like we said, you know, they can always reach out to you if they got questions or concerns, but hopefully we'll uh, we'll shed a little bit of light for them and kind of get them going in the right direction. So with that said, let's kick it off and talk about our main topic for this uh, podcast or inaugural launch, if you will. And we have a little fun here with famous last words. Now, hopefully, you know, you don't want your famous last words in life to be something funny like, hey, y'all, watch this, right? <laughs> you see right, people right. doing crazy stuff. Were you a risk taker, Steve? Did you do anything crazy when you were younger? Uh, not too much when I'm younger. Yeah, but are you, I kinda, are you doing it now? Some people think I have... <laughs> Now, because I got my pilot's license. Oh, so. nice. Very. I was going to ask you about that. I figured with the retirement pilot, we were going to get into that a little bit. So let's take a quick second and deviate and talk about that. How do you enjoy that? Are you, are you having fun doing that? Yes, it's very exciting and takes a lot of work and a lot of practice. And, and it's kind of a goal that I set for myself and was able to achieve it within the time frame I wanted. And, nice. And it's really a lot of fun. And it's always just kind of different to be up there flying around by yourself and getting from one point to the other and yeah. not having to go through TSA and all that. So it's kind of been a kind of a neat process and deal I've put together. Were you nervous when you were first learning how and kind of going through the training? I, I know I've got another friend of mine who's actually in the middle of it right now down in the Tennessee areas where he's from. And he's just now getting into some more of the advanced steps uh, with his trainer. And so he's excited, but he's also nervous about some of them. The only nervous part for me was when I had to go do my first solo. That mm -hmm, was probably yeah. the the most nervous I've ever been. But after that, it really, once you learn the, the emergency procedures and everything, and you don't do something dumb, um, <laughs> you, you usually come out of it okay. Right, right. He said that they, his uh, instructor gave him this thing called foggles to get him used to flying in bad conditions like fog. And so he puts these goggles on and they're kind of fogged up a little bit and makes it very hard to see much past the instruments. Was anything like that that you did? Yeah, they do. Part of the, when you go through and you're doing your training, they do what are called unusual attitudes. Mm. And that is a process to help you when you do instrument training. Gotcha. And again, you, you basically put them on, you can only look at your instruments and you have to make your decision of how to recover based upon what your instruments wow. say. And it's an interesting, I did some actual 
instrument flying and took my eyes off of the instruments for about one minute. And it turned out I was in a 25% bank to the left with a nose down, meaning we were, we kept going that way. We were going to fly right into the ground. So it doesn't take long. So that you got to trust your instruments. So that's what we do. Very cool. Very cool. We'll we'll have to spend more time as we're doing this podcast and developing our show and our content here. We'll definitely spend more time talking about that because that's pretty cool. I'm always curious to learn more about those types of things, but let's talk about our topic here. So you're not doing anything too crazy. So that's good. So we'll kind of look at this from a financial side, but maybe you've heard people, Steve, say some of these types of statements. And what was your reaction and how did you kind of talk them through some of this stuff? For example, I know a lot of people, obviously, after 2008, were very gun shy. Now, we've been on this great run for about 10 years or so, but you still have people from time to time saying, I told myself, you know, that if the market, you know, recovered from what I lost back in 08, that I would get out of the market, but I just keep going along. And then we had like the blip at the end of 18 and people get really nervous. So what do you do when people say they're thinking about pulling out of the market completely? Well, a lot of times what we talk about when we're in our strategy session or putting together our plan, basically the allocation that they have is put together based upon what we do in their plan. So I always say, look, has your plan changed? No, then we're not going to change your allocation. Meaning that if you're not very aggressive, well, you're going to have a not very aggressive portfolio. And we can kind of go back and look and see what they've done over the years. And if they're okay with that range, there's always a range that people are okay with. And we plug that into the plan and say, look, we know down the line, we could have another 2008. If we do, we know what your range will be. And are you okay with that? And they will either say yes or no. And if they're yes, well, that gets put into the plan. And then when things start to get, like you said, at the end of 18, start to go kind of volatile, we're still within that range that still fits within your plan. So we're not going to make any emotional decisions. And that's what gets people into trouble is that they make emotional decisions as opposed to logical numbers-based decisions. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I understand that we are very emotional creatures. And so we do tend to let that kind of factor in. And that's kind of how we're kind of approaching this, having a little bit of fun with some of these statements. And I'm going to throw myself under the bus here in a minute with a couple of these. But how about another one when it comes to the security standpoint? People might say something like, look, I just feel better having my money in cash because I know I won't lose it. Whether that's a savings account, you know, a money market or under the mattress, however you want to look at that. Yes, it's safe, but but you're losing money still. You're just losing it safely. That's correct. And what I always talk to people is when they say that to me, and a lot of people do, and I see a lot of people that have a lot of cash sitting over there, is two of your enemies against your buying power of your money are taxes and inflation. And they will eat away your buying power faster than you can imagine. And people only have to go back and look 10 years ago and see what something cost and look at what it costs today. And if they're not making more than inflation, they're going to be in trouble down the line because you can never get that time back and that growth of that money back. Yeah, very, very true. My grandmother was one of those where she put everything in in her hat box. She had multiple hat boxes up in the closet and she put a lot of money and cash in there. And sometimes you'd still, I mean, she lived through the depression. So I think that was kind of commonplace for a lot of folks as they age. They got very comfortable doing something like that. 
just because of the time period they came through. But yeah, you got to be careful having too much because then you got lazy money and it's really not being as effective and producing for you as well as it could. Uh, you're listening to the Retirement Pilot Podcast with Steve Hoover. I'm Mark Killian, kind of co-host riding along. Maybe I'm maybe I'm co-pilot then. I don't know. I kind of like the sound there of that. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Co-pilot. <laughs> co-pilot. I like that. Hey, don't forget, check him out online at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. Share the podcast with folks. Uh, subscribe to it uh, and you'll be able to check out future episodes as they come out. We're talking about famous last words and in this case, maybe financial famous last words or phrases, if you will. And I said I was going to throw myself under the bus, Steve. So here I go. I have already had open heart surgery. I'm 48. I've had a quadruple bypass. I've had a stent and I've had back surgery. And I'm one of those people. I'm pretty sure my father died young. My brother died young. I'm pretty sure I'm going to die young as well. And you hear a lot of people say, well, I know I'm not living long because my family hasn't. So I'm not really planning to. And I get it, but it is a mistake. Now, I am not planning to live that long, much past 70. But I am financially planning so that my wife is taken care of, and I am in the event that I'm wrong and I live to be 90. And that's the right way to go. And that's the issue. You know, years ago, if you remember, you always heard the grandparent Mm -hmm. fell and broke their hip. Right. And they died soon after. Sure. Or the grandparent ended up coming down with pneumonia. Pneumonia, yeah. And died quickly. That's not happening anymore. In fact, my grandmother, this is a number of years ago, she fell broke her hip, had hip surgery, then got pneumonia and survived for about another four or five years. Mm -hmm. So the idea that just because your family has a short life expectancy with the way medical technology is going right now, that may not be the same for you. So like you're doing, you've got to plan Planning for the worst and hoping right, for the best. Right, right, yeah. You know, I'd rather go ahead and bet that I'm going to live into my 90s than say, well, I'm going to, I'm probably going to live to about 75. I'm going to drop dead, and the way we go. Well, what happened? That doesn't happen, and oops, we're in problem, and our plan isn't going to be able to be sustainable. No, I think I think it's a very good point. And that's why I'm trying to be wise about it as well. And like I said, I'm just going to share my own kind of thoughts on this. I think it was Tennessee Williams, I think, who said you can be young and not have money, but you can't be old and not have money because it's that's correct. It's very tough because you can't you can't always go back to work when you're older. Right. So um, we, we sometimes like to think we can. And that's actually one of our, our little famous last words. We're going to get to that one here in a second. But I'll continue with this theme of, of kind of tossing my family under the bus. I'll go with my mom on this one. And Steve, she's one of those. She's 78 now and she's like I'm not going into a nursing home I'd rather for you to take me out back and you know put me out of my misery and I'm like well first of all I'm not doing that second of all that's not legal <laughs> but you can have people that kind of get that mindset that they're so deathly afraid of long-term care nursing home whatever view you want to take of it that they don't even want to talk or address the fact that they should at least be planning for that possibility well they have to and numbers are numbers they say that if you are, now we'll take a married couple because I have the numbers. Sure, but they yeah. say if you're 65 years old, married couple, there's a better than 72% chance one of the two going to be living into their 90s and spending two to three years in a facility or needing some type of care. It's just the way it is. As I said before, we're not dying like we were in the past. We're living much longer, not meaning that we're living better lives you know, physically or mentally, we're just not dying. And so what happens is we end up having to pay for a lot more care that we didn't really think was going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. So I always am with people are saying, look, in your plan, let's plan that something happens or put something in place that if that does occur, then we have that one entity taken care of. 
Yeah. And, and people are pretty oh, God, good with that. Yeah. No, and I think that's wise, and that's part of why we're going to be doing this podcast is to try to hopefully shed some light on some of these various different scenarios because we're all human. We all have certain feelings and emotions and thoughts and preconceived notions about things, but it's good to get points and counterpoints about them because we are living longer. I mean, heck, they're now starting to 3D print body parts, you know, and that stuff's working. So you never know. You got you to gotta think about all these possibilities and all the facets that go into retirement planning. There's a lot of puzzle pieces. And as we move through our podcast series, we're going to talk more about all these different types of things. But we're going to wrap this one up here pretty soon. You mentioned it. I kind of mentioned it. The going back to work syndrome, if you will. A lot of people will kind of cop that attitude and say, well, if things get bad, I'll just go back to work. But is that being realistic, Steve? Because you're probably not going to, A, get the job you had back, and you probably definitely will not get it back at the same salary, especially if you were retired for four, five, six, seven years and found yourself in a position where you had to go back to work. No, usually it doesn't. Typically, if I've, and this has happened to some clients of mine, or I've talked to people in the past that have tried this, if they try to go back to what they used to do, more than likely they're not going to be able to do that because, quite frankly, the companies can get somebody younger and cheaper than you. If you're an engineer and you retired at 60 and then something happened and you needed to go back at 67, more than likely that that option for you is not there right? because they're going to be able to get a kid or out of school who's going to be cheaper, who's going to be there for a long period of time. They know you're not going to be there. So that attitude that that's going to happen is really not going to happen. And that's why you, you do see an awful lot of people who end up working at, you know, like at a Home Depot or a Lowe's and enjoying it. Sure, yeah. But they're not going to make the same kind of money, but that's really the only place they can go because they are on, you know, let's say in their fourth quarter of their life and the companies want somebody younger and who could bring them along, teach them for the next 15 or 20 years. And they just know that somebody who's 67 years old isn't going to be around very long. So that really isn't a great fallback and I talk to all my clients, like, if you want to go back to work, go back to work because you want to. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, not exactly. Because, not because you have to. Yeah. And if you plan properly, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great point, Steve. You know, a lot of people, and to our points through this conversation, we are living longer. And in a lot of ways, we are living healthier than generations past, obviously, in our retirement years. So if you want to work, hey, great. That's a different scenario than saying, well, I can go back as a fallback if I'm in trouble financially. Two totally different animals there. So if you want to work absolutely in retirement, you should feel like you can. And hopefully you can plan accordingly so that the type of work you're doing in retirement is that more enjoyable thing. Maybe you are working at Home Depot because you want to or at the golf course because it's one of your favorite places to be and you're helping out part time or at a shelter or animals or whatever the case might be. So lots of different things. Well, that's our main segment here on the podcast, uh, The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. He's your financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation. And we're going to finish this off with an email that had come in to the website wealthpartnerskc.com. And it's from Arnold. And Arnold is uh, there in your backyard. He's in Overland Park. He says, Steve, a financial advisor once told me to consider doing a stretch IRA. But I heard something a few weeks ago that said new decisions from Congress could eliminate this option. Can you shed some light for me on that strategy? And will it be around? That's interesting. You really can't establish, just to clarify, you can't establish a stretch IRA until you're deceased. Then the beneficiary has the choice to designate it as a stretch IRA. So all you can do is pick your beneficiary. The beneficiary is the one who's going to determine whether or not it's going to be a stretch. And all a stretch means is as opposed to taking a lump sum of the IRA 
and paying all the taxes or taking it out over five years and paying all the taxes. What the IRS, the current law says is that if you inherit it, you can take minimum distributions based on your age at the time that you inherit the IRA. And he is correct. They are in the process of looking at eliminating the stretch option for non-spouse beneficiaries. So in other words, if you leave it to your grandson or granddaughter, son, daughter, your partner, whoever, they have the option right now to do a stretch. What they're trying to get rid of is the option for a non-spouse beneficiary to stretch. Hmm. So that's kind of where they are. Now, current law says that you can still do it, but they may change it. We don't know yet, to be frank. But it's still, as I said, you do want to make sure your beneficiaries are who you want. And then, (laughs) frankly, it doesn't really matter for you, Arnold, because you're gone. It's going to be up to the beneficiary to make that decision. And if the law doesn't allow it at that time, they'll just have to deal with whatever the tax law is at that particular time period. Well, Arnold, great question. Thank you so much for submitting that. Sounds like definitely you might want to get some more homework done and more, some more education or information. Give Steve and the team a call at 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207. You know, you want to cover all your bases in retirement and get an edge. So you can always come in and uh, for folks that are listening can come in for a complimentary retirement edge process from Steve at Wealth Partners Corporation. So reach out to him, 913-685-3207. And as I mentioned before, and we'll do this quite often, make sure you share this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes or Google Play, whatever your platform of choice is. Find us at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. And Steve, thanks for the first podcast, man. Great job. I appreciate being here and I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, I appreciate it and I enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. And we'll do more. So make sure you subscribe as future episodes will be coming out. This is The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation. And we'll see you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.